Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season one finale of the show titled Better Angels. And uh, we're just going to get right into the discussion. The official description by CBS says, quote, Supergirl is forced to do battle with an unexpected foe and must risk everything, including her life, to prevent Non and Indigo from destroying every person on the planet, unquote. So uh, this was the last episode of season one. So a lot of stuff happened. They had to wrap up the whole myriad stuff. There was some fighting Everything was chaos, um, and it starts with Supergirl and Alex having their uh, fight that we kind of left off with in the previous episode. So I was going to get your thoughts on how all of that went down. Carly, um, what did you think about uh, the fight between Supergirl and Alex? Uh, it's kind of funny, actually, because I guess it's just like Batman versus Superman. It takes an adoptive mom to break it up. Ah. <laughs> good call, good call. Uh, uh, okay. But no, in all seriousness, I <laughs> I was really curious about how they were going to, how it was going to go down, especially because Alex was like getting her Darth Vader on with that kryptonite lightsaber sword. And, you know, I and I think probably one of the few people that would have been able to get through to her would have been Mrs. Danvers. So it was a little hokey, but I did like it. <laughs> well, Morgan, what did you think about it? Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I agree that the her, uh, her mom stepping in and being like, Alex, hey, it's me. Don't kill your sister was like a little bit. I felt like it's something I've seen on like a lot of other shows before where it's like the one person that can get through to you. It doesn't mean that I, I didn't like the way they used it here. I just kind of felt like uh, I kind of wish that they had thought of a different way to to go about doing that. Um, but I, I, I did like that her mom was involved and that we got to see her kind of come back into the action after last week's episode and uh and there was some good action like leading up to that too yeah yeah i i would agree with y'all that it it is kind of you know i don't know if it was predictable or or not you know i i did i didn't necessarily predict that eliza would be the one to step in and stop it and i appreciated that it wasn't her talking about oh alex i love you so much it even though she did say nice things to Alex, she talked about how Alex was the strongest of all of them and all that kind of stuff. But what I liked about that moment was that she talked about 
Alex's dad, Jeremiah, and how he um, always said that she was the strongest of all of them and that he would be proud of her. And so I like that it sort of tied back into Alex and her father and their relationship and how that would be something, you know, because the driving force for Alex's character the last couple of episodes is trying to find her dad and what impact that makes on her as a character to try to <laughs> find her dad who she thought was dead. So I, I sort of like that if somebody had to step in and stop it and do it through words, I at least appreciated that it was about her relationship with her father. I thought that was very sweet and very uh, fitting for her character. And I was really loving Helen Slater in this episode. Uh, I, you know, we'd only gotten little bits of her here and there, but I, you know, if we, if we do get a season two, I would like to see more of her because I, I really liked that in that bit with the fight with the Supergirl Alex fight she got to be a hero and so that was awesome to get to see a former Supergirl because we we saw a former Supergirl get to be a hero in this episode and we also got to see a former Supergirl not be so much of a hero (laughs) (laughs) so it was nice to see one of them get to you know step up and get to have this you know big moment where she got to you know save some people so even if she did it through words I like that a lot. That's a good point, though. It, it's um, I think it was a really smart move from a storytelling perspective because the last episode was so focused on the last couple episodes have been so focused on other things that I kind of forgot about the storyline involving their father. So sort of bringing that back to the fore before it really came back to the um, to the story at the, towards the end when they have to tell her that their father is still alive. I thought that was a really smart move because it kind of reminds you like, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because they, they do have that moment where Eliza comes in and is like, okay, Alex, you were going to tell me something. Tell me what you were going to tell me because I can take it. And so I, I like that she's in the know now. And, and we got to see a lot of Helen Slater in this episode. She was there when Supergirl makes her big speech. She's there during the fight. She's there um, at the DEO. So um, that was awesome. Carly, did you have any thoughts about Helen Slater? I liked, too, that I think we got her... Well, it's interesting because I think in the beginning when we first saw her character, she was more of a... I think they kind of brought her in to present more of an obstacle to the... Like, to you know, with with her relationship with Alex. Like, they didn't really get along. You know, Alex hadn't told her the truth about what she was doing and, like, working for the DEO. (laughs) Um, So they kind of brought her in as, I think, initially, you know... Like, oh, you get to see, like, Cara and Alex's mom. But then also, like, that's kind of a conflict that they have to resolve. So it was nice to see her in a, in a, in a, I felt like it, it also kind of fleshed out her character and made her more like she's a mom who's supportive and sometimes, like, worried about her Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, she's not just, like, the nagging mom. It's like, why did you lie to me, you know? Because I think that can kind of get a little one-dimensional sometimes. Like, they bring, they bring on someone's parent like a guest star and then they're they kind of become like a one-dimensional parent like parental authority figure so it's nice because i feel like we've gotten to see lots of different facets of her personality and we got to see her interact with john jones and her whole you know her whole interest as a scientist and how that kind of plays into how she addresses him and is fascinated by him too so yeah, I, I'm glad that we got to see her as as many times this season as we did. It yeah. was really fun. Yeah, and in this scene in particular, when she stops the fight between Supergirl and Alex, she 
when she's talking to the non-version of Alex, you know, he's kind of taken over her brain. She says, you know, we are a family, stronger together. And so that was sort of bringing the entire season full circle that, you know, they had the episode called Stronger Together. And the Stronger Together is what the S-Shield means on this show. The Elmayara thing means Stronger Together. So I thought it was cool that they used a former Supergirl to bring that back towards the end of the season and kind of close things out about kind of what the S means and all that. Um, so I really like that. So even, even if I had some issues with this fight, like the, the little nitpick I had with this was like right after Alex kind of comes out of her brainwashing, she immediately turns off the kryptonite suit and she's, you know, she's good to go. And I was like, well, that seems a little, that seems a little quick. That seems a little rushed. But uh, but I did like the stuff with Eliza and how she kind of stepped in and encouraged Alex. Okay, and so Supergirl, you know, we had one former Supergirl giving some words to get somebody out of the myriad brainwashing, but then we had our Supergirl, our lead Supergirl uh, in this title role. It's, it's hard to distinguish sometimes with all the Supergirls on the show <laughs> running around in the story. But the Melissa Benoist version of Supergirl had a big moment where she broadcast a message of hope to the people of National City. Um, what did you guys think about that? Carly, we'll start with you. It's one of those things where I felt like if anybody but Melissa Benoist had had acted that scene, it could have fallen into like ultimate cheeseville um, or just been like kind of overly, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a word for it, like kind of sappy or like, you know, like. I don't know if I wouldn't necessarily bought it from anyone else. Um, but she's just so, she's just so believable in her earnestness and her sincerity. And you really feel her, how much she cares about people. Like she, she, she cares about, you know, us earthlings. She cares about humans. Like, and, uh, and I think it's also one of those things where you see her journey from, you know, a, a Kryptonian who tried to hide her abilities, didn't really want to embrace the fact that she could save the world and is now openly, you know, talking about how the citizens of National City kind of have to remember themselves and remember, like, everything that's good and, and what they ha still have to believe in. And so I, I really liked that because I felt like we kind of have we kind of had her whole journey coming full circle. Um, Morgan, what did you think about it? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I thought that the performance was great. Melissa Benoist was as always fantastic. And she really made me buy that, that whole speech. And, and it was very, I don't know. It was like very heartwarming kind of speech, but, and, but the whole story, even, the, even the story elements were just a little bit, had a little cheesy. Like they were a little hokey. It was like that you, that she's like doing this message of hope. I felt like the story worked really hard to try to get around the fact that they were basically just having her give everyone a pep talk out of brainwashing. Mm -hmm. And uh, to that, like to that point, I, I don't know. I bought it. So I guess they did their job. Like I, I enjoyed the scene even as like a part of my brain was going like, this is real cheesy, yeah. but, but, I, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they sort of half pulled off something that they shouldn't have been able to pull off at all, <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, it, it makes total it, sense. It kind of reminded me of um, one of the earlier seasons of, of Doctor Who when, like, David Tennant was the doctor and he, like, is shrunken down to a small, like, 
shriveled up old man in a cage. It's a very it's a very strange finale for that show. And uh, basically, he he gets out because everybody just believes in him really hard. And it reminded me of that like same kind of finale where it's like we just need people to believe. It's like, it's I like the Tinkerbell. I yeah, it's like the Tinkerbell, the Tinkerbell ending. Clap your hands, National City. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like everybody just needs applause to survive or something. Like I just, it was, it, it, was, it was skirting a line, I think. Uh, I, I like the performance. I like the speech. I just, I understood where they were going from. Like the, the show is a very hopeful show. And this is a very hopeful part of the finale. And yet I still felt like, oh, this is real close to like cheese territory. I'm actually, if I can be real and honest with you guys, I'm actually relieved to hear you all voice this concern because (laughs) I struggled all day with how I was going to communicate how I felt about it. I just felt like we were skirting around the edge of like the fondue pot, but we weren't quite in it. (laughs) Like (laughs) the cheese was there. (laughs) Yeah. And fondue sounds really good. Um, Right. (laughs) But, you know, Supergirl says, you know, she said she talks about, you know, now in each and every one of you there is a light a spirit that cannot be snuffed out um and so like on paper i really like what she had to say i thought a lot of that was was good and inspirational but some of the way i thought that they executed it was a little too on the nose like even maxwell says hey we're gonna broadcast a symbol of hope with a speech which is also gonna be about hope and i was just like (laughs) you don't have to say hope so many times for it to be hopeful like you don't have to like i even i even got so annoyed by the use of hope in the speech i counted out how many times she said it she said <laughs> she said it seven times in the speech and a lot of that was towards the end and i get it they're trying to emphasize hope and i think that's awesome i think that's uh, an awesome message to send from a character like supergirl who is very hopeful and you know they talk about it a lot on the show with the s and what it means but for me, and I realize that people are going to find different things hopeful and inspirational just because, you know, we all have different life experiences and we see things differently. But for me, like, I think I was trying to figure out all day why I had a problem with this. And I think it goes down with the fact that for, in my perspective, I thought a lot of things were too easy Kara in this episode now I know she did a lot I know she had a heat vision duel with Nan I know she had to lift a a very very heavy Fort Roz into space I know that kind of stuff is not easy (laughs) but but she was able to kind of defeat everything you know she was able to get over all the obstacles that she had to get over and that's good you know heroes should do that but I also kind of felt like everything was too easy And for me, the way I view hope is that hope is um, you find hope when you're at your lowest point, when things are the darkest, and that's when you can see hope. I've experienced that in my life, um, you know, through experiences with my family, through my cancer, all that kind of stuff. And so I, that's how I view hope. And so when I saw that Supergirl, like even at the end, when Alex pops up in space, I was like, really? (laughs) Which that's a whole thing. And we'll talk about that. But I, I think, for me, I think my problem was that there was too much talking about hope and maybe not showing the hope. 
And so I think that's what I would have gotten more out of. Like, I thought the speech was nice. I, I, th I think the words um, have a lot of value, and, and, and it's something that we should all kind of learn from because uh, there was a lot of good things to say in that. But I, I do think that... I, I think Morgan and, and Carly, you guys are making a good point about how it's kind of skirting a little bit of a line um, that there there is that, <laughs> you know, line between being cheesy and being able to inspire people. And that that's a, that is a fine line. And I think there is something to be said about how Supergirl, Supergirl, the TV series has definitely chosen a tone for itself. And maybe it's writing towards a certain demographic. I don't know. But but for me, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's very, very hard for me to express, but I kind of, I think I would have wanted Supergirl to struggle a little more and maybe, uh, and maybe see the people of National City struggle a little more. I mean, just for a lot of what we saw, they were just having really bad headaches. And I, <laughs> I don't know for, for this being like a, the world on the brink of takeover and the end of the world. I don't know. I just, I just felt like a lot of it was too easy. So I, I appreciated what they had to do um, uh, throughout the episode, and I appreciate the, the words that were said. Um, but I guess for me, I wasn't as inspired by it because I felt like I never saw anybody go to their lowest point, I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that's why I had I, my issue was when Alex jumped into the pod and saved Supergirl. <laughs> at the, and mm -hmm. I was like, well, then what was the whole point of her sacrifice if she's just going to go out there and get her? Like, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I, I I get it. Like, she's, you know, she takes it into space. And then there's the whole thing where they don't know if she's going to be able to, like, get back. But even though her hair is moving, which I don't think it's it would have been able to do in the uh, outer space. But <laughs> that's beside the point. I guess they needed it to look, you know, pretty in, or in something. I don't know. But it, it's, I don't know. It seemed a little bit of a cop-out that she was able to just swoop in in the pod and pilot the pod kryptonian pod that you know i'm sure they, i don't even know if she it's like it's like will smith jumping into the alien spaceship in independence day like how do you even how do you even really know how to fly this thing um it's like a, it's a bit of a stretch logic wise for me but then you know Kara just wakes up at the end and she's like you know oh what happened you know was it a dream um i don't know but it, i think i think you're right though i think I don't think that it, it it seemed like the sacrifice was undercut by the fact that Alex was literally able to get out there like two minutes after Supergirl, you know, I guess lost consciousness or what have you, you know, to pull her out of danger. And I feel so. like maybe some of that could have been like just from a story perspective that they tried to shove too many things into this finale. So we get the fight with Alex and, and Kara and then we get her her message of hope, getting everybody out of the uh, the tr like the myriad trance. But then, oh no, myriad's gonna blow everybody's heads up. Mm -hmm. So then she's gotta take the spit. So then she has to fight with uh, with Non and Indigo. And then she's gotta take the space station up. And then somebody's gotta save her because it's called Supergirl. Right. So so you have like <laughs> so many different like story beats that could have all potentially been a good chunk of the episode and they only get like a little bit of time each so I would have enjoyed seeing a little bit more of that um, fight between Alex and Kara 
But just like Rebecca said, like as soon as uh, Alex snaps out of that fight, she turns off all her kryptonite stuff and it's like, LOL, we're fine now. <laughs> and it was like the same thing with like with Alex. We, we see her make the decision to take that pod because she looks at the pod and then right. the next thing you see, she's in the pod saving car. And then the next thing you see car is waking up. Like, we don't know how did she get the, like, I, I could have seen a couple of scenes of her, like really struggling and thinking that she wasn't going to make it and like being really upset and trying to figure out all this Kryptonian technology. And like, maybe when the pods coming back down to earth, maybe there's, you know, some malfunction. She thinks she's going to kill them both. Like something. I felt like they, cut a lot of corners with some of the the stories in the in the finale because it was the finale so they wanted to pack it with a lot of twists and turns and I feel like it didn't do credit to a lot of the different aspects of the finale I think part of that too is I think the show suffered from not only having a certain number of episodes having fewer amount of episodes than like a standard season I mean we got what 20 but I think right. a lot of shows get more than that even so yeah, I don't know. Usually I, about I, 22 or 23. Yeah, so I think they probably, I would have, I think it could have even benefited from a, one more episode to stretch it out a little bit more. But I think, unfortunately, they had to condense it a little too much. And it might have, I think the episode overall probably suffered a little from that. I think those are good points that you guys are making because I, you know, just in thinking about some of the things that we were talking about, you know, like the, the fight with Non and Indigo and Supergirl and Martian Manhunter, that typically I think would have just, that would have been how an episode ended in a, in a regular episode. I mean, we've seen episodes like that before where the, the big fight with the villains is how the episode kind of wraps up in like the fourth or fifth segment. So I, I think that, it did try to cram a lot of stuff in and I, I'm sure that they did have problems with having to try to wrap up all the things before the, the, the end of the season. So that may just be a logis logistical thing that they tried to get everything in there and pay off all the story. But yeah, no, I, I, I think there's a lot of things that they could have done with each of those story beats, they could have, like you said, Morgan, they, they could have lengthened some, some of those things out. I, I, I would have enjoyed a scene where Alex struggled to fly a <laughs> Kryptonian space pod. And maybe Carly, I think you mentioned, you know, do we even know like how that she can fly it? But <laughs> I, in my head, I was like, well, I guess I can just surmise that, you know, they've had that pod at the DEO for so long now that maybe they've, gone out and taken it for a test drive maybe they've done tests on it to figure out how to fly it um I mean, yeah they, they do they do do in all the fairness to will smith they do that in independence day it's true <laughs> i i could but i was like has alex like tested it that was the one thing right where right, was, right you know i'm sure that they've they've kind of had people like investigating the technology and like researching it and trying to better understand it but yeah yeah. I don't know. Maybe Kara showed her how to do it when they were kids. <laughs> that's that's true. Maybe I don't. I don't even know. Around in the pod, I don't know. And like, I would have accepted that if like maybe we got like a flashback of like Kara, little Kara, teaching little Alex how to fly the pod or something. Like, I just felt like that it needed a scene or two extra to make it feel like you guys said, like it wasn't kind of cheap that she just right. like oh uh, like 
It was oh, like she was like picking yeah. her, like it was like picking your friend up at the mall or something. Like, oh, <laughs> just getting oh, her at the airport. Exactly. <laughs> She's just like floating around there, like, oh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Or even just like to seeing them sitting in it together, like not flying it, but her just like pointing out all the little controls and stuff. They could have just had one little quick shot of that. And I'd have been like, oh, okay. So I see. That's kind of how she probably remembers, you know. Alex flies, showing the po- her Alex flies the pods up and she's like, get in, loser. <laughs> We're going shopping. Um, well, something I wanted to bring up because I was a little confused on it while we were live tweeting. And even even when I rewatched the episode all the way through without being distracted on Twitter, I was confused about the whole Supergirl broadcasting herself on television. Um is she going to have a secret identity problem from now on? Well, what do you what do you all think about that? Um, Carly, we'll start with you. That's a good question. Is that I a think, is that a nit, nitpick? No, I mean I think it's a good it's a good conundrum because it's you know I mean there's got to be people that are like way more observant out there. But at the same time, I wonder if maybe like they, they I would I would potentially buy that like oh they're coming out of myriad so maybe they were kind of mostly just hearing her voice and not really seeing her face I, don't I, know. I think she was on TV though she was but I yeah. don't know maybe I don't know well, I would yeah, buy they, that they, maybe they could they, they could have would been be kind of fuzzy brainwashed. like the yeah. memory would be a little fuzzy you know if they tried to explain that away later I okay that, I don't know <laughs> I, I can maybe buy, I can maybe buy that because that was so like retroactive yeah I was so confused. I was like, you know, maybe a supervillain could use facial recognition and figure that out <laughs> later. Um, so, and I, well, and I guess they weren't record. Nobody was recording anything. So maybe that wouldn't have been a big deal. I just, I just wanted to get somebody else's thoughts on that. Cause I was like, mm, I don't know if this is the smartest thing she could be doing. <laughs> well, she was in her costume and, uh, she didn't have her special glasses on, so nobody knew it was Kara. <laughs> true, true. No ponytail. <laughs> I feel I feel like you just kind of, at, in Superman stories, you just have to accept that it doesn't make any sense that they look exactly alike in their costume and in their regular life, and no one has figured it out. And you're just like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm I guess, fine I guess, with this. I guess for me, when I was questioning it, I was like, she's on television i mean this is i mean it was a close-up shot of her it wasn't just like oh she's kind of walking by me it was like oh no i see her face on tv it would be great if like next season everybody kept stopping Kara and being like you look so familiar yeah yeah (laughs) like i don't know why i think i know you but (laughs) do we know each other like on tv somewhere (laughs) just starts happening to her all the time yeah, well, and I guess now that I'm, I, I try not to, but I was thinking about Arrow. And at the beginning of season four, he, like, gets up in his green Arrow costume and he broadcasts himself to the city. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're putting yourself on tel- in a television. So maybe that's a Berlanti thing. Maybe it's a Berlanti show. Um, I don't think The Flash has ever done that, where he's been on television he, he got up on he got up on stage in that ceremony where they gave him the key to the city in oh, front of true, all those people true. that's true. <laughs> true i was like i was like that's a pretty public thing barry i don't know i mean i i don't i don't i don't think he was trying to move like fast so people wouldn't see his face but i mean he was up on that stage in broad daylight <laughs> well to be fair he does wear a mask 
Yeah, I do appreciate that about the Flash, where he does like the weird thing where his face is all fuzzy because he's going so fast. I'm like, oh, nice. Because usually I don't. Well, I don't even expect that kind of stuff from superhero shows. I don't know. I'm just like I just accept that it doesn't make sense that people wouldn't recognize these (laughs) (laughs) these people out of their costumes because they look exactly alike. I feel like that's just kind of unfortunately that's just kind of baked into the superhero like dna and i just go along with it arrow and the flash like even just go one step further and disguise their voices like supergirl doesn't even do that (laughs) it's like it's her voice it's like how has no one figured out that she sounds like supergirl i guess i think part of it too is that she kind of tends to speak more confidently and 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 not quite as you know well, that's, she definitely that's probably has different why, speech patterns, yeah. That's probably why on Supergirl, literally everybody knows who she is. Like, like the government, the DEO, at one point her boss, all her friends. Yeah, <laughs> Like, that's everybody true. she's ever met, basically. That's true. I, I would like it if just, like, at some point, like, next season, like, she walks out of a room and everyone's just like, oh, so she's going to do the Supergirl thing, right? Like, oh, <laughs> everybody be quiet. You know, she's really self-conscious about that. <laughs> that's what they talk about in the break room at Cat Exactly. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So I, I just thought it was interesting. And I, I, did, I did think it was a nice little touch that they broadcast the Supergirl as S-Shield on, like, the phones and computers and things like that over her voice. I thought that was a neat little touch. Um, it's a Supergirl app. I was like, I want one. Yeah. Where is that? <laughs> I want that Supergirl broadcast app. <laughs> Just, it was like a, it was like a real Supergirl radio, guys. <gasps> Whoa. It was. <laughs> I did mind not. blown. Not by Myriad, but mind blown. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh uh, Could we okay. quickly talk about the thing that made me laugh the most in the episode? Sure. Which was just being able to see Superman's boots in uh, several scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like when she's having this whole scene with John and they're talking. And the whole time I was just like, that is so funny. His like, his like, Superman's like feet are just in the corner of the shot. Yeah, he was, he was seen and he was also, um, I guess heard from via the IM chat again, um, which I'm, I'm going to be frank with y'all. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Um, but the, the boots were a neat touch because that was sort of kind of showing that he was there without having to uh, actually see him. But I don't know. It was, it was still very strange because like he was like not comatose, but he was like unconscious. And so they had to do another little finagling about like, why is he still unconscious? <laughs> so it's, it's, I don't know. I it's one of those things like the glasses. Like I just, I just try to let that one go. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things with the show, which is that every time that they have to mention Superman, I, you can just feel the show like working so hard to try to justify like either why he's not there or why he's there, but like in another room, or why he's there, but just like in a patch of shadow. Yeah, and it sort of made me wonder if some, uh, well, I guess the DEO people wouldn't connect, you know, recognize his face somewhere else. So I guess his his identity was probably still intact, even if people saw him close up. I'm I'm thinking way too much about the secret identity <laughs> thing now. Now it's kind of gotten into my brain. But yeah, we did get some Superman mentions. Um, and we got to see him encouraging Kara, even though I'm kind of over that, you know, the, the usage of that, he did say some nice things about her, about how she was made of some strong stuff and he kind of made her laugh about the, 
you know, is this what it feels like to have a hangover? Because um, I guess in this universe, they can't get drunk, I'm assuming. So maybe they don't know what it's like to have a hangover. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of stuff is really cute. And it, it's always nice to see him encourage her. Um, but, yeah, the, the boots were a little humorous. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking that they were going to, like, show the boots and then cut away to, to, you know, just to establish, oh, Superman's over there uh, napping. And then, like, move over to the the actual scene of the two of them talking. But the fact that they just kept the boots in the scene, like, the whole time, (laughs) that was what got really got me. I was, like, dying. I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? Well, one of the things that I got a little chuckle out of uh, that got some screen time was Kelly's cubicle. (laughs) Um, That sort of made me laugh. R.I.P. Kelly. R.I.P. Hashtag R.I.P. Kelly. I was, I, I felt a little morbid laughing about that because, I mean, it was kind of a sad thing. Like, she had a picture of her and some guy. I'm assuming it's her husband or her boyfriend or her brother or somebody. Like, she had a picture with some guy on her desk. Like, what's her story? What's his story? Do they have kids? Is that her brother? Does she have more siblings? I don't know. I was, like, asking all these questions about <laughs> Kelly. I was like, I know nothing about her, but she has this cube that is still there. Nobody's sent her belongings to her family. So it, it was just a very strange thing, but I was like, wow, Kelly's cubicle is getting a lot of screen time in this episode. It just really reminded me of the conversation we had last week where we were like, if they had just established Kelly as like a human being with like more than one line in like in previous episodes, that would have been way more affecting. But like when they like zoomed in on her cubicle and I was like, oh, right. Kelly. Yeah. You're like, oh, she likes Oscar Isaac. That would have been something that she and Cara could have bonded over. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awesome. Maybe Kelly knew, maybe Kelly had figured out the secret identity. Maybe she knew that Cara was Supergirl. I'm just, that's that's my headcanon now, that Kelly knew the secret. She had figured it out, but she kept it inside. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was kind of funny to me. Um, in a terrible way, it was a terrible way. I feel, I still feel bad. Kelly, you know, had to, couldn't, she couldn't make it, but, uh, that was at least recognized, even if I felt like it was glossed over a little bit, a little bit, they at least remembered that Kelly had met an untimely end and that she was one of the, the stakes of what Myriad could do to the humans. Um, and speaking of Myriad and the, what they were trying to do to the humans, we got to see Nan and Indigo try to enact, I think, Plan A and Plan B. Um, they, they, they kind of had a lot of plans. They had to kind of go to a Plan B this, at this point in the game. Um, what did you guys think about Nan and Indigo in this episode? Um, Carly, we'll start with you. I feel like they were this episode they were just trying to make everybody as uncomfortable as possible. Like, are you guys just gonna make out or are you just gonna be all like weird and up in each other's face all the time? That's all <laughs> Um No, I mean and I was actually really surprised. I think I was less surprised with what they ended up doing, which was kind of like escalating the effects of Myriad. I think I was more surprised by like how they kind each kind of went out at the end. Like Nan ended up with his eyes all burned out from Kara, and Indigo got ripped in half. Like, yeah. that was really dark. Yeah. I was really surprised they went there. I mean, they try, I think they tried to make it less traumatizing by making her, like, a bunch of pixels that wound <laughs> up, you know, just, like, like, you know, scattering everywhere. But I was like, 
man, they like cut to her and it was like just the top half of her. I was like, that's <laughs> really dark, Supergirl. Like, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I like that the top half of her was still talking though. Like, <laughs> props to her. She was like, she was like, I'm not done yet. Hold on, I have to. I still have a supervillain speech inside of me. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was hanging in there. Um, yeah, I was really shocked by Martian Manhunter because they always talk about how he's like. The, I don't want to say the, like the most peaceful, but maybe the most kind-hearted of like DC superheroes. So to see him rip someone in half <laughs> was like shocking to me. Um, and I guess they justify it as oh, she's like a supercomputer. You know, she's a living computer, so no big deal. She can just you know find her way into some other technology and and still survive so i don't this is probably not the last we will see of indigo so maybe her getting ripped in half is is not gonna be the the end all be all for her um morgan what did you think about non and indigo i definitely thought that it escalated very quickly like they went from he went from having this whole plan about like saving the earth to being like fine i'll just explode everybody's brains like (laughs) Like, it went so fast. I feel like as a character, Nan was never very interesting. Like, the only times I was ever really interested in him was, like, the one episode where they're, like, they're giving Astra, like, her sort of burial at Sky. And uh, and they sort of, like, have a ceasefire. And that was sort of, I thought that was interesting. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, even though they want to, like, kill each other, they're going to do this for, you know a person that they loved but after that I felt like there was really no dimensions to Nan as opposed to Astra who was very interesting and who was tied in with the the main mythology and with Kara and then as soon as she was gone and we were kind of left with Nan I was like oh okay and uh, I feel like Indigo did make him more interesting uh, because she was just like balls to the wall crazy (laughs) whereas he was like more of a reserved crazy so I kind of appreciated that but yeah like that 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 uh that battle at the end got surprisingly brutal for this show for a show where that like maybe like 10 minutes before had Supergirl giving like her Tinkerbell message of hope. And then like, and then like 10 minutes later, Martian Manhunter is like literally ripping a chicken half. It was like a little bit of whiplash on the tone. Yeah. A little bit. Um, And I think it's funny. You mentioned Indigo's crazy because I will give it up to Laura Vandevoort because she utilized, and I don't know how much of this was CGI and how much was like, I don't know, gloves that maybe she wore, but her crazy fingers that she had, oh yeah, she did. A, I felt like she did a nice acting job. I don't know what what kind of acting you like hand acting. I don't know. What <laughs> that was, was some, yeah, that was some quality hand acting. She was quality doing. <laughs> hand acting because she. There's this one shot where she like wrapped her fingers around Nan's face and like the things like the creepy fingers like went all the way around his face and I was like that is actually pretty terrifying it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like in every one of the last couple episodes that she's been in I've noticed that too with like she gets her like one creepy hand out and mm-hmm. she's always like it's always like on Nan's shoulder like yes. as he's kind of like staring at it like you would a cockroach that was like <laughs> on your shoulder like she's always getting her creepy hand in places I appreciate that yeah so I I like the, I like the way that she utilized you know part of her costume and part of the character 
So I, I definitely thought that that kind of thing, for me, made her a little more interesting. And I did think it was, I thought the plan B that they had, I, and I was kind of surprised that the, the goal was to explode people's brains. I was like, oh, well, that sort of actually makes sense as an extension of what Myriad was. So I, I totally bought into that. Um, but I liked that the plan B was kind of to kill all the humans and they say to, to leave Supergirl behind as a queen of a dead earth. And I thought that was really f actually fitting for Kara as a kind of a, a villainous thing because she already kind of came from a dead earth. So this would be another way to torment her. And so uh, as, as, as a fan of villains, I kind of like it when villains have these <laughs> really lofty villainous goals. And I, I think they kind of figured out a way to really stick it to Kara. So uh, they didn't succeed, thankfully. But I, I appreciated that their, their plan B was to kind of really screw with her. So that I thought was uh, very good. And I did, uh, I think, Carly, you mentioned Nan's eyes, that they were black after the heat vision duel. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Entertainment Weekly interview with Andrew Kreisberg, but he, 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 he referenced the black eyes that Nan has after the fight as kind of visually showing that Nan had been lobotomized, basically, because comic book Nan, <laughs> and I think even, like, in the Superman uh, the Donnerverse, like Superman 2, he's kind of a lobotomized figure. So this, I think, I think this is his lobotomy that we saw, which is also kind of very dark mm. <laughs> because it's like Supergirl basically, I, may, she indirectly, I mean, I don't think she did it on purpose, but she lobotomized Nan in a heat vision duel. So the, some of that fight, I, I will say some of that fight, I was really surprised by how, how dark that was, but um I, w I was glad to see Martian Manhunter and Supergirl get to work together because for a lot of the episode, Martian Manhunter was kind of, you know, he was sidelined. He was injured. He, he couldn't help. So it was nice to see him kind of get into the fight. And there was another character in this episode who doesn't have any superpowers, but she also did kind of get to help a little bit. And we got to see her help Kara at the end of it. Uh, what did you guys think about how Cat Grant was kind of interacting with Kara in this episode and, and what she was able to bring to the table. Uh, Carly, we'll start with you. Uh, I will say they managed to sneak in another Harrison Ford reference when they talked about Working Girl yep, because yep. he's <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> I, all right, funny story real quick. I was at work today and we did this thing in our morning meetings where like we'll have a little bit of trivia and if you get the right answer or whatever, you can decide who takes notes. Well, the question was like, name as many Harrison Ford movies as you can before, or no, after after the year 2000. And I was like, I got this in the bag. I can name like four of them. And it turned out all the movies I thought of were before 2000. So I had to take notes. <laughs> I was very upset about it. But um, it, <laughs> it just goes to show I need to um, uh, maybe have a Harrison Ford marathon in the future so that I can make sure I uh, know more of his work because <laughs> I thought I knew some of his stuff, but now I kind of need to go back and rewatch Working Girl. So, um, Carly, I'll let you continue. He's so he's such a goober in Working Girl. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. There's literally a scene where women are just like objectifying him with his shirt off and it's great. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a good movie. Um, I... Did she, did Kat 
bring her was that the team supergirl like office that she brought her into it sort of looked like it now it's if it is it has been painted and fixed up but it's yeah. so, it sort of looked like the same area where they yeah. normally would go I was to wondering, so I'm not sure because then that would lead that would lead me to believe even more that she knows that Kara's Supergirl. But like you know, cause she's basically like giving her that space officially. I don't know. Like me, I I don't know. I feel like maybe she had started to figure out what they were using it for. <laughs> like that would <laughs> that would honestly not surprise me. She probably knows everything that's going on in her company. So, but I wish I had a boss that would basically just say, here's your own office and you get to decide what job you want to do. Yeah, that must be really nice. <laughs> right? Like, you basically get to decide what your job is. I was like, can Cat Grant be my boss? That'd I like really that it didn't nice. come with a raise, though. That was, like, one, <laughs> one of my favorite, like, Cat Grant, like, like little, little moments where she was like, here's your office and you can decide whatever role you want. You're not getting more money. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Kat, I don't think that's how promotions work. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to get a raise. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty Get a fun. promotion in title only. But you get to pick your title. Morgan, uh, you and she called her Kara finally. Yeah, she did call her Kara uh, finally. Do you, do you think that that means that is, that, is that further evidence that she knows that Kara is Supergirl? Or is it just that she's maybe finally pay, paying attention? No, I think she knows. <laughs> okay. I think she knows. She she knows at this point. Yeah, like I can't, I just can't let go of the theory that she knows. Like I just, I read every one of their interactions like, you know though, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was really, I kept waiting for that sort of shoe to drop. Like every, I feel like every interaction with, uh, between Kara and, uh, and Kat, I just, I keep waiting for the like, I know you're Supergirl. It's cool. Shoot a drop. And it never does. And it makes me so sad. But no, I really liked, I really liked Kat and, uh, and Kara in this episode. And I feel like she just has to know, like, Kara is, if, if Kara is not Supergirl, she is like the weirdest employee. Mm. <laughs> like this episode, she comes in, she was like, you know, you're such a great mentor to me and you mean so much to me. Don't think about why I was the only employee who wasn't brainwashed last week. <laughs> I'll, and, and, and later, Supergirl is going to save the world dramatically and almost die. But don't think on this conversation where I'm clearly saying goodbye to you. Like, it's just she couldn't be like a weirder person if you take out the Supergirl context. Well, yeah, even Kat is like, this is either my eulogy or your suicide <laughs> note. So she, I love that line. She, she definitely knew something weird was going on. So uh, I, I like that, that Kat would, she, she put that together, I think. Um, and I, I think for me, the Kat stuff in this episode, when she calls her Kara, because she, in that same scene, at the beginning of the scene, she calls her Kira when she shows her the brand new office. And right before she leaves, she calls her Kara. And that was the moment, and this was like, it was at the very end of the episode, but this was the first thing in that entire finale, I think, where I was like, ha, I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, I, I was glad to see that because I think that was one of the things that I had kind of, I don't want to say like subconsciously, like always kind of wanting her to do all season to, you know, really say her name and pay attention um, even though I'm sure she was always paying attention, she was just calling her Kira to mess with her and, and be her boss. But uh, to actually have her acknowledge her real name 
and kind of treat her like an adult in some respects. Like you're gonna you're gonna be you're, you're gonna grow up and you're gonna um, not be an assistant anymore. So I I think that's very interesting. And I like the thing that she tells her you know about the working girl moment she says if you take advantage advantage of it i really believe that you can change the world and that to me i sort of think is another piece of evidence to show that she knows car and supergirl are one and the same because she does this right after supergirl saves the world and so i wonder if she's like well Kara, you know she risked everything i need to give her her own office now so um i i really liked their interactions in this episode and i like that they bonded over working girl and how much it makes them cry and i don't know i don't know carly maybe they would bond over the objectifying of harrison ford i don't know <laughs> i feel sure that they would yeah, yeah. <laughs> then maybe maybe they both have uh, crushes on Harrison Ford uh, in that movie, so that would. But that was kind of a very human moment. I thought that they would be like, you know what, I like that movie too. That's sort of for me. I, I was like, that that seems like something I would say to someone I work with. Is you know, that's a, that's a that's a movie I like too. So I like that we got to see a little bit more of of Cat and Car, and it was it was a nice way to end their relationship. In, you know, for this season, I thought. And I know we've kind of, like, talked about it briefly, but the whole sequence where Supergirl makes her big sacrifice to save the world, this is kind of how we're ending our, you know, season one discussion of this show, and I think it's kind of appropriate that we talk about Supergirl saving the world. <laughs> um, we've seen her rescue people in National City and, and beat bad guys before, but she is really actually saving the world. So what did you guys think about that, Carly? We'll start with you. Oh... <sighs> I mean, I mean, when she basically went around and was saying goodbye to everybody, I was like, if the show ends after this, like, she basically made it so obvious that, that she was making a sacrifice and, and, and everybody was like, Carl, what's wrong? And she was like, I'm fine. It's a fine. <laughs> like, even James was like, you're clearly not okay right now. Um, like, it kind of reminded me of, of it felt like a very Buffy thing where she's always, you know, she was always like, I have to save the world and I'm the only one that can do it. And, you know, I have to leave everybody I love behind and just go off alone. And then, but they're always like, well, no, I mean, you, we always work, we're stronger together. Um, <laughs> so it, but it did, it felt very much like chosen one, you know, like, the heroine is has to stand alone against you know the world or whatever i will say that only melissa benoist and kyler lee can give me so many feels while basically acting out like a glorified phone call on speaker <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene with the two of them saying goodbye to each other oh like i think that was probably one of the best scenes of the whole episode just in terms of the emotion they brought to it cuz it was just like oh it's so real and and she and she tells Kara tells Alex to like tell Jeremiah that she never stopped wearing the glasses and i was like how is this giving me like so much? like i'm like getting i'm like getting choked up just thinking about it um yeah i think everything that kind of happened after that was like eh, but that scene for me made it i i think that that made me want to see more of them as kids and, you know, growing up and, and seeing more of their background because some of the flashbacks we've seen of Alex with young Kara, she's kind of a jerk to her a little bit. So 
Um, I kind of would like to see if we get a season two to see more of how being with the Danvers kind of made an impact on Kara because clearly it has clearly, you know, she did have a good life with them and did, you know, she was inspired by them and, and did feel like she was adopted by a loving family, even if Jeremiah was not there uh, for some of that time. So uh, it, it definitely seemed to have an impact on Kara that she had spent time with the Danvers. Um, Morgan, what did you think? Yeah, I, I really agree. I, I agree with the, the, um, the goodbye tour was, was definitely something I, I could imagine seeing like on early seasons of, of Buffy where she's like kind of going around and like, no, no, I have to do this by myself. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it though. I thought it was very affecting, um, sort of a, a way to touch base with all the characters that, you know, we've grown to, to know and love over the course of the season and see how they connect it with Kara and, how their relationships had changed over the course of the, of the year. And I definitely think that that phone call between Cara and Alex, when she's, you know, calling to, to say, you know, I have to take this up and I'm probably not coming back while looking at the time. I was like, this phone call has been more than three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Your brains are exploded now, but uh, (laughs) I, it was very affecting. It was probably, one of my favorite scenes in the, the entire episode, which is why I'm honestly really disappointed that they sort of undercut all of that angst and all of that, like, like heavy sadness and, and with just sort of what I thought at least was kind of a cheap uh, way out of that situation, which is, uh, you know, Alex just happen- happening to notice the pod and somehow knowing how to drive it and somehow knowing how to land it and saving uh saving car because she did make a very big sacrifice but when you you know sort of cut it off at the knees like that and we don't really see any fallout or there's not like enough really enough time to show it it's not as affecting like after the scene where she she and alex are talking i understand what they were going for with Alex saving her sister and I think that's good I think it, you know the Alex Carr relationship is something I think a lot of people like on the show I know I personally like their sisterly dynamic so it was nice to be able to see Alex save Kara but at the same time I, I agree like that that should have been about Supergirl and, and what she had to do and I, I do think it undercuts it a little bit um, the thing uh, I grabbed onto with Alex and Supergirl is that Supergirl, when she's talking to her, she says um, that Supergirl wants Alex to find or experience everything that being her sister kept her from doing, like finding love and being happy. And um, I know she says that with James. She she kind of makes this point about like, you know, if I don't come back, you know, find somebody you love, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I thought for, for Alex, I thought that was really interesting because Alex kind of did have to sacrifice some of her own life to kind of watch after Kara and protect Kara and be there just in case something weird happened with her adoptive sister who was an alien. And so she probably did have to sacrifice some things to watch over her. So I thought that was an interesting thing that, you know, a very selfless thing that Kara would have thought about right before she would go sacrifice herself, that she would want Alex to be able to experience the things that she couldn't when she was looking after her. So I I thought that was a nice little moment between the two of them um, before all of that went down. Um, So we've talked about a lot of stuff. 
And I know there's a lot of stuff in this episode. So if there's anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up, this is the time to do it. So, um, Carly, uh, we'll start with you. No one died. I mean, uh, I remember. I remember last week we were talking about how we thought Maxwell Lord was going to die. Guess that didn't happen. No. Uh, <laughs> um, do you, Do you think someone should have died? I would not have been opposed <laughs> to it. Uh, but. I don't know. It, it, then it, I think with the way that the episode went, it, it probably wouldn't have seemed in line with everything. And it probably would have felt kind of rushed or crammed in there, especially since they did try to fit so much in. I thought it was interesting that um, we see Maxwell sort of redeem himself and then at the end kind of backslide. Yeah, we see him <laughs> with uh, General Lane and they were in charge of the Omega Hedron which is very interesting. Now, we, we actually, we should mention that. We did get some Omega Hedron time in this episode where it was basically the thing that was powering Fort Roz. Am I correct? It I seemed, think so. It seemed like that was kind of the source that Myriad was coming out of. So that was, an, I thought, actually thought that was a pretty clever way to make the Omega Hedron have a real presence on the show. Morgan, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, I guess we didn't really talk about, so it's, it does seem like Kara uh, and James are going to make an actual go of it. I, I, there was a period when she was doing her, like, I'm going to die uh, uh, goodbye tour, where it <laughs> seemed like she was like pushing him away, and I was kind of like eye rolling a little bit because I was like, oh no, not this like, you know, misunderstanding thing where he gets like upset and thinks she doesn't care, but really she just wants him to, you know, move on because she thinks she's going to die. But then at the end of the episode, it was like, obviously fine. Like they had moved past that, uh, that miscommunication and it seemed like they were going to try to, you know, make a go of it together. And I, I, I like that. I'll, I'll be interested to see next season when there is a next season, uh, <laughs> what they, uh, what that dynamic between the two of them maybe actually dating looks like. Yeah. I'm not as invested personally in their relationship as maybe I wish I was, but I did think it was nice that James took a picture of Kara and gave it to her. I thought that was a really a sweet kind of character correct thing for him to do to to notice her as Kara and not necessarily just Supergirl. He took a picture of Kara and and gave it to her and it was a very nice picture. So James obviously knows what he's doing. So uh, <laughs> I I did enjoy that moment. So yeah, it would it would it would be fascinating to see what their dynamic would be like in season two if they did kind of give it a go carly do you have any thoughts on james and cara i feel like cara's reaction to getting a picture of herself is like my reaction i would <laughs> she's like hey, look at me i'm all squinty <laughs> I mean, like, it was like it felt very realistic to me that she would be like i don't really think that's a great picture <laughs> but i, agree. I like that like, she was I, like clearly looking for the action shot like of like supergirl like flying in the air like beating up a bad guy and then she opens it and she's like oh it's just me and my stupid face looking off in the distance <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that, do, that does seem to be great. that does seem yeah. to be very human and relatable because i think we all probably are our worst critics sometimes so yeah I, I i like that little moment that she would she would do that but i like the point that you made though about how it shows that he sees her as kara and not as supergirl like he could have given her a picture of supergirl 
But and then I think it also kind of ties into the beginning is because he has the picture. Doesn't he have the picture of Superman? He does. That at Catco mm-hmm. that's like all framed. So that's a nice little parallel moment there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's taking pictures of everybody in the uh, the House of L. Um, the only thing that I wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about was the Lucy stuff. Because I kind of felt like it was a little unfair to Lucy that like <laughs> everybody has now accepted John Jones at the DEO and they're like, oh, well, you can have your job back, but we're going to kick Lucy out. You know, she's been holding down the floor, but we're going to demote her and get rid of her now. So I, I did like that, that there was like a, a little moment where they like the camera lingered on her think of like going like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I understand like he was the director before, and so for him to come back, I guess that makes sense. But I sort of sort of felt like that was a little unfair to her. I think they should just keep her at the DEO. She's doing a good job. Like, why, why not just let her work there? She can be kind of like Alex's, you know. I don't know, or like assistant director or something. I don't because like even when even when John Jones wasn't around, it seemed like everybody kind of deferred to her and Alex equally. So oh, true. Like they were. I don't remember. There was one that she kind of said like, "Oh, ma'am's over here." Like she was addressing oh, yeah, both yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex and Lucy. I'm like, I don't know. Just like keep her. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she isn't like director director, but she's you know like an assistant or something. Yeah, it makes me think of The Office. She would be the assistant to the director. <laughs> the assistant to the, yeah. <laughs> the DM. And, and she keeps saying, she keeps uh, like changing her title to assistant director. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and John, and uh, John keeps going, two. Yeah, it's like on her, on her business card. It's like the, the two is like marked off on the business card. Um, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Alex just keeps making the gym face into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, at least I, I will give it to Jean in that scene where he actually compliments Lucy for how she stepped in during his absence. So those kinds of things, I think, helped a, a little bit. But I would like to see more of Lucy in season two. I want to see more of the Lane family. I thought that General Lane, Lucy stuff was very interesting and how Lucy mentions that General Lane also pushed away Lois. And I was like, I want to know what that story is about. So uh, Mm -hmm. there's, there's some stuff, some untapped potential there that I I would like them to pursue and they should always do what I want them to do. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But I think that would be really fun to, um, to see that. So um, I guess we'll just wrap up real quick. Uh, overall thoughts on how season one of Supergirl wrapped up. Carly, we'll start with you. Um, well, I think even just as a whole, like, it was so good, season one. I, not even, like, just beyond this episode. I mean, this episode overall was okay. Like, you know, it had its moments, and then it had moments that were... I mean, we, we've talked a lot about them, like, things that I think were a little bit too rushed, or maybe it was just the pacing was kind of weird or funny but i think overall this first season of the show has been really strong so i'm really excited and hopeful for season two because i think that could you know there's so much more potential and so many more stories for them to explore and now we kind of know what all these actors are capable of and yeah so i feel really good about it (laughs) (laughs) morgan what are your thoughts on season one yeah, I I really I really enjoyed season one. It was it was so much fun to watch. I think even this just this finale. I think we had 
a lot of issues with some of the storyline and pacing, but as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is so fun. And that's sort of been my experience with Supergirl the whole way through. I think that the, the show sometimes has some issues with pacing. Um, and I, this is something I almost never say, but I feel like next season they really need to flesh out the male characters a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally have never said that, I don't think, in my entire life. But <laughs> uh, on this show, I feel like the... Uh, the female characters are really well defined, whether that's Kara or Kat, who are both obviously like the MVPs of this show, but yeah. also Alex is great, even Lucy. But I feel like there's still so much left, like so much character development I, I would like to see for James and for Wynn. I feel like they haven't gotten as much as the female characters, which I mean is the female character on basically every other show, like they are <laughs> on this show. But yeah. Yeah, so next season I would like to see a little bit more with the uh, with the supporting characters, I guess. No, I think that is a fair assessment. I I share that concern that I think James and Wen especially could have more to do and could have more backstory, more characterization. And I think I read an interview. I don't remember which one it was with Allie or Andrew, because uh, we're on first name basis. Um, <laughs> I I think those interviews, one of them mentioned that they were hoping to delve into more of what made these characters tick and, you know, kind of build upon the characterization that they've established in season one. So hopefully maybe, you know, if we get a season two, we'll get to see some of that. Um, for me, I thought the season was pretty good. I, I, I thought there were some episodes that maybe had a few missteps, but on the whole, I enjoyed watching it and um, I, I've liked this interpretation of Supergirl and the, the actors are really great. The cast is great. And I, I, I definitely think there is a lot they could continue to do with this show. So uh, I guess that's going to do it for our discussion. But let's find out what our listeners had to say about this season one finale called Better Angels. At Kenny Crayley says, wow, that was so much fun and emotional. Supergirl season two must happen. At CMC The Glass Show says, loved the finale. For a few seconds, I thought the thing in the pod Kara re reacted to was a cancellation memo from CBS. Oh, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh, that, man. That's a gold tweet, though. <laughs> Hashtag good tweet. Uh, at Megan Rose Porter says, it was amazing. I can't wait to see season two. At Seth underscore Everett says, this show has a great premise and great moments, but this finale was weak, sappy, and didn't pay off drama that was set up. At Guitara says, I really liked this episode. It was so intense and emotional. At True underscore Just underscore Brian says, I thought finale was clunky with the way they tried to resolve everything at the end. Better if filmed knowing of re renewal. Yeah, I guess that's a good point to, to bring up that I don't think they've known, I don't think they know for sure, like the way the interviews are coming out, it doesn't sound like they know for sure if season two is happening. Like they're planning a season two, they're talking about it, but I don't know if they know for sure what's happening. So I think they just kind of had to keep writing it like they were going to come back next season. Which is garbage, CBS. <laughs> it's garbage. <laughs> uh, at Devo Lark says, Great episode and season. Nitpicks. Superman being unconscious. <laughs> Supergirl can't fly in space. Superman can. Supergirl is stronger in space, closer to the sun. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about, that 
Supergirl, like, they, they say she can't breathe in space. And I was just thinking, how, how far is she flying up into space? Because there are some versions of Superman and Supergirl, I think, where they can do that, where Kryptonians can go into space, at least for a little bit. Sometimes, like with Superman, the animated series, he has to put on, like, the astronaut suit <laughs> and get into a little spaceship and fly in space. So I guess it kind of de- depends on the interpretation, but it, it seems like in this version of her mythos, she really can't uh, exist in space. At Stinka MN says, Alex knowing how to fly a Kryptonian pod to go save Kara seemed easy. I think Kara is still floating in space dreaming. <laughs> well, and I, I'm not even gonna gonna lie. I when I was watching the episode, I sort of was hoping that <laughs> that's what it was. Like I was hoping it was some weird. Like I know I feel like I, I mentioned Inception a lot when I'm podcasting or talking about <laughs> things, but. I sort of was hoping that they would do something like that because I kind of think that the show, one of the things that I would want it to improve on would be to take risks. I don't think the show takes enough risks with story-wise or with the characters. And so when she just kind of woke back up in the D.O., I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's what that was. So, yeah, it's interesting that somebody else mentioned the the space dreaming. (laughs) It would have been great if she, like, at the end of the episode, you see a top is spinning or something. (laughs) (laughs) It falls. I'd be totally up for that. Matt Schlieff says, solid B+, set up good to next season. Overall, good season. Need more Manhunter to appeal to male audience. I don't know about that, though. I mean, do you feel like... Do you feel like you necessarily need more of him? Because I felt... I mean, I think he... He had he had a pretty generous uh, storyline this season. Yeah, like of the of the male characters that I I felt were a little underdeveloped, I would not have pegged him as one of them. I think he's had a really nice story arc this season. He's got a lot of uh, got a lot of attention. He was in fact he was there for her like big battle with the bad guys at the end of this season. So I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I I don't feel like I want to see less of him, but I don't feel like I need to see like. A lot more of him no i would agree i think he has gotten a, he got some backstory he got a backstory well, a couple of backstory episodes i think we got to see yeah. mars we got to see how he mm-hmm. became hang henshaw and i would also kind of point out the part of the tweet where it says um to appeal to appeal to male audience i'm like well i like martian manhunter so i i think i think martian man manhunter is for everyone um, so I think that's an interesting take on it that I guess some people, that's what they connect to a little more than, you know, other things on the show. Uh, at Madtown Davidson says, fun, emotional finale. Do y'all think Non and Indigo are dead? Mostly dead at Cadmus? <laughs> who was in the pod? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who wants to go first? Do we think Non and Indigo are dead? Uh, No. Well, I, I did. Think it's the last. I, I did until you said all that stuff about non um, having an, like a lobotomy mm-hmm. in the in some of the other versions, and I was, and then now I'm like, oh no, no, he's still around. Indigo, I was at first, I was like, whoa, that's brutal. She's just pixels in the in the wind now. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I I feel like she'll probably find a computer somewhere and and come back at some point in the future. I agree. I don't. I I think maybe they're they're not even mostly dead. 
I wish they were mostly dead just so we could say mostly dead, but <laughs> I, I think they're okay. I think they could come back at any time. Um, so who's, who's in the pod? Well, that actually brings us to an email we have from a listener named Dylan who asks, uh, do you think it could be Power Girl in the pod? Uh, Cara has said that the pod was identical to hers. Carly, what do you think about that? I mean, I was partly hoping it would be Crypto the Superdog, but, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> headcanon, accept it. <laughs> right? Kara needs a puppy buddy. <laughs> um, I mean, I just want I just want a Superdog. But, <laughs> but no, that could be really interesting to have Power Girl, because then we could get two Melissa Benoist. I mean, I think it'd be fun to have, I think it could be fun to have two versions of Kara Zor-El. So I, I would be all for that. That I'll was, be honest. And that, that could was be a fun like storyline. Yeah, yeah. That was my immediate thought upon seeing the pod, and I don't know almost anything about Power Girl except for her boob window. Mm-hmm. So I don't have like a lot of uh, experience with that character. But I that was like the first thing I thought was like, I wonder if it's Power Girl. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. Um, but Red Five, our, our listener Red Five, wrote in to chime in with uh, a speculation saying, if it isn't streaky in that pod, I'm going to be so annoyed. <laughs> so that's the total end of the spectrum from where Carly's thinking. Uh, not the super dog, the super cat. Uh, but super, super, super pets, though, I think would be a, a fun thing to see. My thing about this whole pod business is that we got a whole season of Supergirl duking it out with Kryptonians. And now if we get a season two, we're going to get another season of Kryptonians. Not that I don't love Kryptonians. I love them. I talk about them all the time. (laughs) But I was sort of hoping we'd get something different next season. Uh, So this this sort of makes it seem like whoever's in the pod, whatever's in the pod, is going to play a big part in... A, a season two so whoever it is um definitely will will shift things up a little bit that makes me really hope that it's not whoever it ends up being that it's not a villain because i do feel like that would be very repetitive from this season yeah so uh, i'm throwing all my weight behind one of the super pets <laughs> <laughs> or power girl i would i would i would she, accept she could be an ally yeah i would yeah i would like that a listener named Campbell sent us an email writing, quote, while the Kryptonian sun god Rao has come up throughout the season on occasion, I was interested and touched by Kara's sincere faith in the season finale that she would join her parents in the light of Rao if she died saving the Earth. And in retrospect, I actually wish the show had explored this side of Kara's life a bit more throughout the season. How does her faith in Rao manifests itself in her daily life. Often in the comics, Clark is presented as at least implicitly Christian. What does Kara think of human religions? I was curious what you all thought about this. Religion often does not come up on shows like this, so I found it interesting. End quote. <laughs> well, I mean, Superman's kind of a kind of a Jesus metaphor to begin with, right? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty that's a pretty big uh that's like a big extended metaphor. For the whole, you know, it's like the Jesus Superman story or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, and there's a lot of, I know, like, I know, Rebecca, you know, Batman versus Superman. They make a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, I guess you call it, like, is it like an allegory? Or is it like they make a lot of, you know, uh, especially Lex makes a lot of comments about Clark being, like, this god figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I could, I could and would preach a sermon on Batman v Superman and the Christian allegories in that movie because I, I love it so much. But I mean, that's, 
and I've had I've had a polite disagreements with people on the internet <laughs> about how you know Superman is a, a Christ figure. Um, yeah. Some some people see him as a Moses Moses figure. I I see him more of as a Christ figure, but I see it both ways. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it's an interesting thing to bring up, uh, Campbell, because. She, Rao did a, get a lot of mentions in this episode. And, of course, we heard Rao back when Astra died and they had her funeral and all of that kind of thing. And that's something that I kind of would like to see as well. I would like to see what their faith on Krypton was like and, you know, what that entails. They seem to talk about it a lot. The At least the House of L seemed to be connected to that. Astra, Nan, Kara, they all seem to talk about that. Um and I think it's interesting, Campbell, that you also asked what does Kara think of human religions because I <laughs> was actually uh, wondering about that myself in the season finale because Indigo has this moment when she and Nan are fighting Supergirl and Martian Manhunter where she talks about Noah and the Ark. <laughs> and I was like, now, hold up. I get that indigo would know the story of noah's ark because she probably has downloaded the internet and you know online bibles and things like that i get that you know online (laughs) new you know old testaments and and things of that nature but i thought it was weird that she referenced that to two aliens like they were all well they were all aliens (laughs) and i was like I mean, maybe maybe they know about the Old Testament on other planets. I don't know. So I just thought that was a very strange thing for her. Because I was like, does Kara even know what that story is? Did someone take her to church when she was growing up in Midvale? I don't know. So those are really actually questions that I I think could be explored in future episodes. I don't don't know if they'd want to do that on the show. But those are things that were questions, questions that were popping up in my head. Yeah, and you have to wonder if the Danvers would have even potentially been inclined to go to church, given that they're both scientists. I mean, I don't know how much, you know, I I know it's possible that, you know, I mean, plenty of scientists are have religious beliefs, too. But I think sometimes there's also people that say, like, science and religion have a lot of conflict and everything. So it would be interesting if they talked about that more in terms of, like, Kara's Kryptonian religion versus like learning about human religions. Yeah, that's that's something I could see being explored too. But uh, uh, as a person of faith myself, I wholeheartedly disagree that science and uh, faith don't go together. In fact, I think they go together very, very well. Um, but I think that is uh, something that they could bring up in terms of the characterization of the Danvers. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, I think for sure, like they could definitely, if they wanted to explore. Kara's, you know, Rao faith, they could definitely, especially if this other Kryptonian is showing up, they could, that could be another aspect of Krypton that they could explore. Morgan, do you have any thoughts on this? I just thought it was really interesting. It wasn't something, I mean, I I had heard the line in the episode and it just kind of flew past me and uh, I didn't think much of it, but it's a, it's a good point to bring up. We don't really know much about Kara's religion or much about the Kryptonians' religion. There's been a little bit of mention, but we haven't really gotten much of it. So, yeah, I would like to see that in, in the next season. I would like to see a little bit more of that aspect of the... Because we've, we've seen some background about the, you know, about the Kryptonian, like, society. But I would, I'd be interested to know more about their, like, religious beliefs. 
Yeah, and I think uh, if you're going to explore Krypton and, and have the opportunity to have Kryptonian things on a TV series, that might be, you know, a, a good opportunity to kind of build upon the Kryptonian mythos. All right, well, good questions, everybody. Um, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio and ask your own questions, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are a, a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so you can check out our playlist there. And now Google Play has started a podcasting feature. So if you want to check us out there, you can now find us on Google Play. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. Thanks to El Baz for leaving us a review on iTunes. And we are also part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and even the DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed. And follow at DCTV Podcast on Twitter. And you can like DCTV Podcast on Facebook. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkPride. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And you can find me on Twitter. But I did it. I changed my name. It's different now. Ah! <laughs> you made a decision. I did. It's uh, now I'm just at Carly Lane. So much easier. So much easier to spell. So much easier <laughs> to find. C A R L Y L A N E. R I P. Punny username. R I P. Old username that still technically exists because I <laughs> had to keep it. But if you go there, it'll just tell you to go to my new one. <laughs> um, I'm also weekend editor at the Mary Sue, which you can find at themarysue.com. Uh, I write for Hello Giggles, Teen Vogue. I wrote a piece recently about why Supergirl needs a season two. So I'm probably just going to keep tweeting that at CBS until they <laughs> listen to me. I think that's a really good plan. Yeah. Um, you can also find me on Twitter um, at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. I haven't done what Carly has done yet. And, <laughs> and I still have my uh, weird uh, Twitter name. Um, you can also <laughs> find my writing at Buddy TV. And I also co-host uh, another DC TV podcast, podcast uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So you should check that out. That's awesome. It's good. It's good stuff. I use the word podcast in that sentence like a whole bunch. Like as much as Car used the word hope. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, we are podcasting, so we might as well throw it in there a bunch. Well, since this was the last episode of the season, uh, for season one of Supergirl, we don't have a spoiler section this week since there are no spoilers for a, a, a next episode. So uh, we don't have one of those for this podcast episode, but we will still have more episodes of Supergirl Radio coming, uh, whether it be Adventures of Supergirl uh, the digital comic series or, you know, wrap-ups of season one or whatever we decide we want to talk about. We will definitely have more Supergirl stuff coming. So, um, well, until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember that if you ever get your working girl moment, take advantage of it because you can change the world. <laughs> <laughs>